Hey everyone, literally everything that could go wrong, it did go wrong when recording this episode. So we had some audio issues on this last one, you'll hear it when you hear it. I've done my best to try and save it. If you can put up with it, sweet as, if you can't, all good, we'll catch you next episode. Cheer! Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Welcome to Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. This is episode 48 and I am joined this week by two, well, outstanding, amazing, the best guest stars that I could ever hope to have. The first of which is Stacey Hurley. How are you, Stacey? I'm great, thanks, Sam. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. And we heard from Billy a couple of weeks ago, but we've gone out and we've got the cute half of <laughs> of We Watch the Thing. It's Topher. How are you, Topher? It's less funny when it's true. <laughs> uh, i'm doing very well though and i'm very pleased to be here yeah so as you guys can gather from the name of the podcast we are doing the departed now this was a pick of tofas uh tofa one of your favorite films you'd say or i'm not sure it would even be my favorite scorsese film but that really says more about how like spoiler alert Martin scorsese's good at his job um <laughs> so <laughs> we could go with a lot of them but the departed i do absolutely love and like i'm still completely in love with 21st century scorsese which yeah. I don't think everyone is, but I'm I still just lose my shit every time he puts something out. To be honest, you're right, man. Like we this was a rewatch for me, and we'll get into it a little bit. I was I was completely blown away and just at how amazing it was. Like I literally watched it twice before, ten years ago when it came out. And the, this third time viewing is just fucking phenomenal. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. It was a rewatch for me too. And I loved it. Yeah. So I was really excited actually that you picked this movie. So IMDb have this rated 8.5 out of 10 and Rotten Tomatoes have this at 94%. Now, I mean, a bit of a foreshadowing here from us. I mean, we obviously quite like this film, but Tafer, we'll start with you as the guest. What would you give this movie as a score out of 10,000 rats? 9,087 rats. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. There's a lot of rats. Oh, I'm just slightly below. I'm 8,927. Oh, uh, you guys' rats poll is looking nothing like my one. Mine's about 9,576. Woo! <laughs> now, obviously, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite generous on my scores and that sort of shit, but I was like, this is a 9.5 for me. And maybe that's the half a bottle of vodka I drank before we did this fucking podcast. <laughs> Really happy and leery, but yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely really enjoyed this fucking film. So before we get into the questions, if you haven't seen the movie Departed, please stop this podcast, go out, have a little watch. It's a great film. But if you haven't seen it and you want to play along at home anyway, Stacey's going to hit us with a plot. So what's the plot of the film? Okay, so South Boston cop Billy Costigan goes undercover to inter- infiltrate the organization of gangland chief Frank Costello. As Billy gains the mobster's trust, a career criminal named Colin Sullivan infiltrates the police department and reports on its activities to his syndicate bosses. When both organizations learn they have a mole in their midst, Billy and Colin must figure out each other's identities to save their own lives. Yep, that sums it up. Now my question is, why is it down to Billy and Colin? Can't any cop or any mob member figure it out? It's best not to overthink these things, Stacey. Yeah, okay. Don't question the sanity <laughs> of the guy that wrote this. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, have you guys have you guys seen the um, Infernal Affairs? The no, that it was loosely based on. No, and th- that's oh, what no. pisses me off the most. As a guy who's a self-professed movie nerd, there's at least five films that I'm like, yeah, I should probably get around to watching them, and that's one of them. Have you seen it, Bud? Yeah, I have seen it. It's it's excellent, and like, but as I mean, it's kind of uncool to say that a an English language remake is better than the original. Of something, but I'm just curious. I've never heard that word before. Infernal. Yeah, infernal. Yeah. 
<laughs> what, what does that mean? It's like internal affairs, but they've <laughs> they've tweaked it. Yeah. Ooh. They put a F in there. Kinky. <laughs> <laughs> they really effed it up. <laughs> okay, so as usual, we're going to start our podcast with our favorite question to start it off. It's the compliment sandwich. Topher, as our amazing guest, you get to start. What's one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film? Okay, one thing good about this film. Clearly, Marky Mark's best work. <laughs> like, you surround someone with people who are excellent at what they do, because <laughs> he's awesome in it. And it turns out their performance can be elevated past, what? No. No. Yes, <laughs> he is. That's a great answer. Um, something bad about this film would be Mark Wahlberg's hair. <laughs> oh, yep, agrees. Not totally agree. Um, terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and another thing good, not every day we get an American film featuring rugby. That's true. Oh. Yes. Yes. That's good very point. true. How cool. Go the mm. Irish influence. We get a seven mm. seconds of rugby. Moving on to you, Stace. Okay, good thing, Leo. He's the best. Um, bad thing is the girlfriend. What the fuck was she doing in this movie? <laughs> um, she just was the most pointless character she was in the storyline. <laughs> yeah. And another good thing is this movie has balls. Like it is ruthless. I I don't really like gory movies, but it just does it so well. And something that stuck in my mind in particular was the scene where um, Leo's got his cast on and he gets smashed against the side of the oh, pool yeah, table. Right. I'm like, whoa, okay. This movie is going places you don't normally go. That would almost be one of my good things. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is what is your compliment sandwich then? Well, first of all, my first good thing is the dialogue in this movie. It's snappy, it's witty, it's clever. It moves the story along. We don't get bugged down in exposition and stuff like that. It's just awesome dialogue, memorable quotes and all that sort of stuff. And that's what I love about movies. My bad thing is the editing. I feel like this movie might have been shot for about a three and a half hour length and someone's gone, no, we need to take an hour out of this. Then on the flip side is I, I can't stand Alec Baldwin. I'm not a fan of Martin Sheen and <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. For this movie to make me like those characters is phenomenal. <laughs> and there's few directors I reckon out there that possibly could have got me on board and actually liking those guys. Yeah, wow. That's a great point, Sam. <laughs> I didn't know didn't you didn't like those actors. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know anyone didn't like Martin Sheen. <laughs> I liked him in Apocalypse Now, but I've never, I've never been a fan. Maybe it's a guilty by association for having such a dickhead son. God, <laughs> President Bartlett himself. Yeah, I, I never watched West Wing. My only other real interaction with him is, uh, as I mentioned, Apocalypse Now, and then Grace and Frankie, which is Stacey's. Oh, you should watch this. It's really funny. It's, it's a, about two gay actually, guys. Actually, and- it's a guilty <laughs> pleasure. I, I didn't actually think I'd like it. <laughs> it's it's quite, it is quite funny. I'll give you that. It's, it's not as fucking crappy as I imagined it would be. Anywho, that moves us on to question number two. Which character would win Survivor? I'm going kind of obvious here. I think Frank Costello would win Survivor. He's clearly mm. good at getting people to do what he wants them to do. And as it turns out in the film, he's actually the biggest rat of anyone. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I am going to go with Martin Sheen's character. I just mentioned him. I think he's too nice and likable. He might not win the physical challenges or whatever they are for Immunity Idol, but I still reckon he's... He'll, he'll, 
<laughs> like falling off a building. Yeah. So- <laughs> he's not too good at parachuting off buildings with no parachute, but I think he'd be a fan of everyone's. I think everyone would want him on his side. I reckon he'd be there at the end. Okay, I'm just going with Dignam. He was the only one left at the end of this movie. Way to take the safe answer. <laughs> it's not safe because he's a total dickhead and asshole when he treats everyone like crap, but somehow yeah, exactly. miraculously... People kick him out straight away. No, no one's going to want that cockhead in their fucking team. He's obviously got something on people. So he would have some dirt on all of the other Survivor contestants or something like that. He'd, yeah. he'd have some other tricky way of getting there. I'll, I'll give it or to if him you that. did vote him off, you'd then come home three months later and he'd be waiting in your apartment. <laughs> exactly, we're in trash yes. bags. Hello. Had an awesome haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. What flavour ice cream is this movie, Sam? I am going to go with tiramisu. Wow, that's fancy. Do you it's, know what that is? You just answer my question. It's fancy. I don't know what it is, but I like it. <laughs> I don't know how the shit gets made, but it's fucking delicious. <laughs> That's more <laughs> Okay <laughs> That's enough. what this movie is I don't know how the hell Martin Scorsese makes such great films But they're fucking awesome <laughs> Okay Okay So this film is Triple chocolate flavoured ice cream Because on the surface you think Oh yeah it's chocolate But then as you get more complex More layers and more flavours as you go through Oh yeah mm. I am coffee So I'm not actually too far removed from tiramisu but coffee yeah, is yeah. something that I absolutely love, but it's not without bitterness. That's true. Excellent point. That goes a long way to explaining the end of the film. <laughs> yes, which does kick you right in the sweet spot. <laughs> so, question number four. If you guys were a recruitment consultant and this movie came up to you looking for a job, what sort of job would this movie be suitable for? So, it's extremely dodgy and just... Um, on the on the surface, seems like polished and like oh yeah, cool. Um, so I'm going with real estate agent. <laughs> Slimy fuckers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. This film could be could be the coach of any sporting team that I follow. Um, there are plenty. Of, <laughs> there's plenty of times where this film makes you love it, um, but yes. ultimately it rips your heart out and leaves you feeling dead inside. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As a fellow fan of Liverpool Football Club, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're why I drink sport. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the same vein as Stacey. It's it's polished, it looks pretty, but it's a fucking snake in the grass, and that's why I went with a lawyer. (laughs) Specifically, one of those... you know those lobbying lawyers that like big smoke companies and get and all that sort of shit? Oh, yeah. Where like the like, class action suit type. Yeah. Covered in money. They look great. They talk fast. They've got great dialogue. But at the same time, yeah, they're fucking assholes and they're out to fuck us all. That guy <laughs> that was Trump's communications director for like seven minutes? Yeah, yeah, Scaramucci that, or whatever. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. right, the mooch. <laughs> the mooch. <laughs> who said something about how Bannon's probably off sucking his own cock somewhere <laughs> or some shit. Go you, Bannon. What? <laughs> Okay, question number five. How long would you survive in this movie's world, Sam? Normally in these podcasts, I say I'd last about 20 seconds. But I'm a devious rat, so I'd probably make it through to the final scene. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is true. I'm going to say I'd make it halfway through the movie. And I've decided that whichever side I was on, whether I was in Costello's gang or if I was a cop, either way, I'm convinced that Ray Winston's character, French, 
would kill me. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Claudia was a scary mother. I love Ray Winston, but I'm also scared to death of him. And I yeah, just know totally. that at some point he'd catch up with me. <laughs> oh, totally. Absolutely. What about you? You're what a girl. Is my answer? Well, Girls don't seem yeah, to be I'm any a girl, so I wouldn't even be in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Scorsese has no use for you, Stacey. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And and the the token female he did put in this was just a complete waste of time. So nah, I I wouldn't even make it into the movie, let alone out of it. Question six: What deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film, Stacey? Congratulations, Tofu. You're the first person to get this answer, uh, this question correct. Like reading it out, I read in, good in about <laughs> in about fucking twenty fucking episodes. This is amazing. Hey, I actually think Billy read this out correctly too. I doubt no, he it. Co- <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, well, maybe someone did. Anyway. Australians know how to talk. Us New Zealanders are so mm. fucking uncivilized. We've got no idea how to use the English mm. language. Does mm. not sound right to me. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk good sensible. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so. My deep philosophical debate is I was just so fascinated about Frank and how he was in it for the long game. He recruited bloody old Matt Damon when he was, what, seven years old? (laughs) Yeah. That was, what, 30 years or 25 years prior to, to current day. That is just such a long time. I feel like maybe there's things I should have been doing when I was seven now. Like well, so getting for, recruited to, by gangsters. No. <laughs> well, just, you know, I was like, oh, man, this gangster life, this serious um, long-term stra- strategy going into, into this. Oh, yeah, they don't fuck around, man. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pretending like I know or anything. <laughs> <laughs> My deep philosophical debate, and it sort of touches on what I said at the start, is there's a few actors in here like Alec Baldwin and Mark Warburg that I, I don't really care for in terms of their movies. And then I was I was watching this and I was thinking – well, Martin Scorsese's got performance out of these guys that are so good that I actually care about them and I'm engaged in this. Like, I wonder how many other actors out there that normally are on my, like, eh, whatever list that I think Martin Scorsese could get awesome performances out of. Oh, like Nicolas Cage. Oh, he's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Mine actually involves the previously mentioned supposedly useless Madeline. <laughs> and for her, I thought... Is sleeping with Leo ever really cheating? Like, if if my girlfriend came home and was like, guess what I did today? I nobbed Leo. I'd be like, well done. <laughs> Congrats, here's an award. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to hold that against someone? Same! I love that idea. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can I watch? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, too far. Too far. Did he give an Oscar-worthy performance that didn't get recognised? <laughs> like The Revenant, it's just two hours of heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, ravishing. And eating organs, yeah. <laughs> great answer. That's fucking... Great answer. Yeah, that's got me wetting myself. That's great. Uh, so that moves us on to question number seven. I love this question. What character just clearly needs to get laid? I think it's Dignam because he's such a fucking smartass. And we all know that smartasses have pent up frustration or tension or something going on. <laughs> you know this laid. firsthand. Yeah, exactly. Which is why you're staring married at me. to someone like <laughs> this. <laughs> You know Sam stands for short, angry man. Damn, no, I didn't know that. You should have told me that before. It's not my real name. Uh, The the character for me that really clearly needs to get laid is, what's her name? Madeline or whatever. Mm. Vera Farmiga's character. I I think she needs to get laid in order to function. She sleeps with everyone that fucking comes through her door. I'm the flip side of Madeline. I'm Sullivan. I'm Matt Damon's character Mm. because 
even though he lives with Madeline, who looks like Vera Farmiga, so most people are probably going to be keen, we know there's nothing but tears happening in the bedroom. That's true. Damn it. Yes. Oh, yes. He does need to get laid, but he's too stressed out. Yeah, that's true. God damn it. Well done. Poor guy. And he dies. We know. Well, at the end of the movie, he dies probably without getting laid for quite some time. Mm. (laughs) He does. With Dirk Diggler in the room, no less. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Poor fucking bastard. What a way to go out. Hey. Making me feel sorry for this guy. What? Yeah, this man fucking Damon too. <laughs> Question eight: How would you incorporate Nicolas Cage into this movie? <laughs> Stacy's favorite question. So I'll lead it off. I can imagine him as a rival gangster that on their way up. You know what I mean? Like he's a Coppola. He's Italian. I think he is. He's, he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. So when we see the scene where Leo fucks up a couple of Italian guys in order to blood himself into the fact that he's a hardcore Boston Irish dude. I reckon here Nicholas Cage could have been the guy that came to Frank and was just like, "Hey, I can't have your friends doing this to me and all that sort of shit." And there we go, done. Thank you. Small, small cameo. Goodbye. <laughs> yes, that sounds perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so my casting for Nick Cage is he's going to be just some other random cop. Mole, you know how that guy turns up at the end, and he turns out to be another mole. That would be a good role for him because he just is a, so creepy that you'd buy it. I forgot the most important part. Imagine seeing Jack Nicholson and Nicolas Cage screaming at each other. Oh yes! Oh, <laughs> actually, I would watch that if that was in a movie. I just want Nicolas Cage to play the real estate guy that rents Sullivan the apartment, purely because. I, I just find it really appealing, the idea of Nicolas Cage doing the line, that was a joke, not a very good one. And then he like winks at the camera <laughs> as if talking about that his That is career. perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's perfect. That's so true. <laughs> I totally forgot about that character, damn it. That's a good bit of 4-4 breaking. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so question number nine. What quote from this movie would definitely not work as a pickup line? That's a natural diuretic. My girlfriend drinks it when she's got her period. What? Do you got your period? <laughs> no girl ever wants to be picked up with the word period in the sentence twice. So my um, pickup line that won't work is... Okay, kid, let's do this. Come on, spread them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. What about you, Topher? Um, I thought, and this one, I'm not entirely convinced it wouldn't work because Leo says it, so it might still work. When Costigan says, I'm not a cop, I'm your cousin. (laughs) (laughs) You're actually right. It might still work if it was Leo. (laughs) And look, in some parts of the world, it might still work. (laughs) Okay, so that moves us on to question number 10. What specific top 10 list would you put this movie on? This is quite a big deal for me. The top 10 list of best movies with all male casts, or all male casts that matter. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I've already discounted old girlfriend. Um, (laughs) So that is a massive praise from me, because you know how I don't like sausage fests. What other films would be on there? 12 Angry Men? Yep. The Thing. Oh, yeah, The Thing. That was really good. Yep. I don't know. A few others. <laughs> what about you, Tova? I'm top 10 times both, either, either or both, 
that Leo and Damon had to worry about being the best looking person in their film due to the presence of the other one. That's good. Oh. That's good. That's really good. I like that. What What do you mean? Like, what other movies are there that they're in together? Or are you saying other hot cast? Yeah, normally it's an absolute no contest, but because they're both there, all of a sudden there's competition. Nice. For me, it's the top ten finally films. Like, finally Scorsese won an Oscar for Best Director. I'm trying to think of another film. <laughs> like, finally Leonardo DiCaprio won an Oscar. There we go. There's For the Revenant or something like that. It's the finally the stuff has happened. Mm. How was he nominated for Blood Diamond? That is a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, hands down, one of the worst. Is it South African or Zimbabwean accents? He's from Rhodesia. Rhodesia, that's friend. right. Yeah, so it's Zimbabwean. <laughs> Django Unchained. Got oh, fuck, he did too. Oh, that was such a great movie. I think we need to rewatch oh, that. Yes. Another one he wasn't nominated yes. for. Yes. I just, I lost my yes. shit. It was like someone from that film won Best Supporting Actor, and it was the person that shouldn't have actually even been nominated <laughs> from that exactly. film. Exactly. <laughs> so fucking true. If anyone's sensing that I have rage issues with the Academy, Woo. it's real. Yes. It's real. Oh, I completely understand. Yeah, we feel you big time. Yeah, totally, man. Anywho, that moves us on to our personal set of three questions that are specific to the film. Our Topher, as our amazing guest, you get to start us off, so hit us with them. On a shock scale, ranging from <laughs> I love this. New Zealand beating Australia at rugby, right up to no explosions occurring in a Michael Bay film, where does William Costigan's death sit? This, for me, is on the same level as Trump apologising for something. <laughs> <laughs> So fucking unlikely, and you do not see it coming. That, that is a great answer. I totally agree with you, Sam. I didn't expect Leo to die. I was actually, the, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was genuinely disappointed because I was like, yes, he made it to the end. Oh, that's so good. Nah. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm full Michael Bay as well. Like, I was, I remember opening, I saw this film opening night, as I tend to with Scorsese films, and. Like, you know, what people say, you know, do you remember where you were when certain people died? Like, I remember Billy Costigan dying. I was more upset than I have been at most people that I've actually known dying. <laughs> Whoa, thank God they're not here to hear you say oh. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking down from heaven or whatever. <laughs> Fuck an asshole. <laughs> I don't look like Leo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another question. Was Frank Costello firing off a shot before Sullivan pumps him full of bullets at the end of the film? Scorsese's cheeky way of supporting his old pal, George Lucas. Hashtag Han shot first. I have no idea. I just actually thought it was because, like, Frank's supposed to be some kind of a badass, right? So he needed to do something. See, I sort of agree with what you're saying. I sort of thought he knew he was fucked. Like, he knew Matt Damon was going to blow the shit out of him. He was surrounded by police. He had no way out of there. He was like, nah, fuck you. I'm going to give you a fright before I go out. Mm. I totally agree with you. Like, the answer's no. But I just, as I was watching it this last time, I was like, Sullivan's, like, Sullivan's a shit bloke. He was always going to kill Frank. Yeah. And then he does this little kind of, it's a flinch, not a dodge, that's like that thing they changed in A New Hope where... Han just morphs three inches to one side. And I was like, oh, that was kind of Han and Greedo-like. And then I was like, Scorsese and Lucas have known each other for half a century. Yeah. I was like, put my tinfoil hat on. And was like, maybe. <laughs> Next question. Have you ever worked with anyone who was good enough at their job that they could possess Sergeant Dignam's intra-office communication skills and stay employed? Yeah, I mean, he swears a lot. 
and abuses the fuck out of everyone that he comes across. I haven't worked with anyone remotely like that, but a lot of my former colleagues say they have. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who just says what they think all the time. Yeah, and just abuses people. No No matter if it's inappropriate for the situation, I can see that. (laughs) I'm just going to say no, I haven't. Because I run a business, and if I said yes, and I'm still working in the same industry, <laughs> I may not get any new clients. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm I'm a hard no as well. Unfortunately, everyone I worked with or do work with up to and including my dear podcast co-host is completely dispensable. <laughs> Hi, Billy. No, all good. So that moves me on to my set of personal questions. Now, this movie basically revolves around the pl- idea that Leo and Matt Damon are trying to figure out who each other are. Matt Damon comes up with many a different way to figure out who Leo is, but Leo seems pretty lax in trying to work out who the rat in the police was. Now, what do you guys reckon? Was there an easier way for Leo to figure out who the rat in the police was? Yes, there was an easier way. I don't know what it is though. <laughs> because, because I'm not a screenwriter or a writer or imaginative in any way, shape or form. But I'm thinking surely, because I think his main problem was he was just trying to fit in and trying not to get caught and for Frank not to catch him or French not to catch him, you know, so he was just trying to be play the part with, you know, without getting caught. Yeah, it is. I think it's reasonable to point out that for a lot of Costigan's time undercover, Finding the right isn't his primary objective. Yeah. Mm. It's just getting dirt on, well, it's just, yeah. Yeah, Taking that's true. down Costello. But once that is, once President Bartlett does tell him to do that, um, do they, you know, they mentioned something about, you know, flushing it down the line and seeing what comes out at some point, but they never really seem to follow through on it. If I feel like if Costigan fed misinformation to French or Costello and then Sheen could see which officer came to him potentially with that news. Yeah. And he's like, bang, I shot you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, for me, the the thing that I noticed was at no point does Leo ever just walk up to um, Frank and just say, hey, who's your mole? You know what I mean? But I, then, <laughs> then I thought to myself, well, obviously he's just going to fucking give himself away and he's going to be bloody kicked out of the gang, you know? Um, or killed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean by kicked out of the gang. <laughs> <laughs> other one that got me too is right at the end when leo realizes that matt damon's the mole because matt damon's got the um you know the envelope or whatever he just gets up and walks out of the police station yes i did think that he's like he's surrounded by cops he could if he wanted to stand up and go hey everyone sullivan's the mole exactly <laughs> <laughs> he could have literally done that and then had himself in police protection and then he's fucking, you know, like, way hose. Yeah. Yeah. The one bit of reasoning that I could kind of come up with is that Costigan is actually going out of his mind. Mm. So oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've hung him out to dry a little bit. I mean, they've let him loose. They've just released him into a gang. See, good luck, mate. Here you go. You could certainly see one line of thinking of him being, if I tell everyone that it's Sullivan, they might not believe me. And I'm on a heap of drugs. And yeah. Out yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, that moves me on to my fun question: Which character from this film do you think is into some real Fifty Shades of Grey type stuff? <laughs> Costello's wife. You know, there's that yes. Scene where yes, the other yeah. female. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Token female number two, Gwen. Um, Costello says to her that he's having 
special feelings that adults have in their special places. Mm -hmm. And rather than just, she first intentionally pisses him right off so that he gets angry. (laughs) But then she doesn't back away at all. Then she's like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, they've got some kinky stuff going on. I'm going with someone we would suspect a little less, and those are usually the people, right, who are into this kind of thing. So I'm going with Alec Baldwin's character. (laughs) Really? Yeah, because he's powerful, right? He's worked his way up the ranks, you know, in his in profession, and he seems all clean and polished and all that kind of thing. But, you know, out of work. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he gets up to some Fifty Shades of Grey stuff. Fair enough. Okay, so sort of touched on it before, but do you guys reckon Scorsese deserved the Oscar for this, or do you think it was a sympathy one for having not won it countless other times? Both, actually. I've got no doubt that it was a... It was a career award. It was the you know the academy looked around and went, okay, this is this is embarrassing. Actually, this has gone on too long. Marty needs an Oscar. At the same time, I went back and looked at the other who else, what other films were nominated in 06 and what other directors were up in 06. and The Departed of all those films has clearly kind of aged the best and lived on the best. So. I think it was a career award, no doubt, but I also think it was fully deserved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm totally unqualified to answer this question. Yeah, here comes the film new, who knows (laughs) I um, I actually wrote down yes, but that's only because Sam explained to me the whole scenario. (laughs) So I actually don't know. I think that he – so my answer is yes, I think Scorsese did deserve an Oscar for this, purely based on watching this movie only. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you, you, Topher. I think it factored into him winning, but at the same time, having looked at the other films that were up for nominations for direction, I think it makes sense. It completely makes sense that he won it. I think this is one of the few times the Academy has actually done really well in terms of their picking. So, And that moves us on to Stacey's questions. I love this question. We haven't done an accent question for quite some time. And there's a good reason for that, because we had to delete out a whole bunch of racist shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this isn't racist. Um, And there's um, heaps of amazing one-liners in this film. So, guys, hit me with your best one-liner in your best Boston accent. One of my favourites of all time is in this film, which is maybe, maybe not, maybe fuck yourself. Yes. (laughs) Marky Mark (laughs) fucking nails that line. It is so good. I wonder if your other one is my backup one. This is unbelievable. Who put this fucking camera in this place? Who the fuck are you? I'm the guy who does his fucking job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> that was my other one. <laughs> you guys. This is so predictable. I'm from Boston. <laughs> Literally the only line out of Mark Warburg's mouth that I can remember and go, yes, that was amazing. Oh, uh, what about Transformers? I'm an inventor. I'm an inventor. <laughs> So they were both they were both Marky Mark lines. Yes. And there were just so many. Oh my god. That's amazing. Awesome. I love it, guys. Okay, so I've already mentioned before how this irked me. Um, but tell me guys, was the love story relevant in this movie? The only point it served was Dignam and her collaborating at the end to figure out who the mole was. But aside from that, I don't think it was necessary. I thought it was going to culminate in something else. I thought that we were going to have a standoff where the two of them meet each other at the apartment. Because you know what I mean? Like most Hollywood films, you have the protagonist and the antagonist meet like half a dozen times and then 
break away, meet again, break away, meet again, break away through circumstances, and one of them flees the other one, blah, 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 blah. And I thought the two of them were going to have quite a decent standoff, but they don't actually have that during this film. I thought they would have thrown that in there in terms of him leaving as he arrived or something like that. Yeah, I think, I mean, the short answer is no. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, that's not to say it's bad. Like, I, I really, I think Vera Farmiga is a hugely underused actor i think she's great and i think she's really good in this and her dynamic with both sullivan and costigan is really good having said that you take out that character and that storyline and it's the same film so they could have used her better they could have used i feel like it goes back to what i was saying before like i feel like this may have started life as a three and a half hour long film where she Mm. was a bit more fleshed out and they had a bit more interaction because mm. we, we get the fact that she's pregnant towards the end, but we don't know who the dad is. I've had this argument with people before. Do you, who, whose baby do you think? It's, it's definitely oh, Leo's because yeah. Sullivan can't get it up. Yeah, exactly. Team Leo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not an argument. Who were you arguing with? <laughs> Stupid person. <laughs> oh, so another Australian. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Of, there's plenty to choose from around here. <laughs> okay. Hey, Billy. Oh. <laughs> Hey. On a completely unrelated note. Now, now, guys. <laughs> okay, so we loved the actors and the casting in this in certain areas, but tell me, if we switched Leo and Matt, would will it still have worked? Uh, I think it would have. I think they're two uber talents, those two, uh, and either one of them could have done either role. I, I don't really have any doubt about that. Having said that, I do think they got the casting right. Mm. Yeah, see, I completely agree in terms of like the, 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 the casting right. But in terms of Matt Damon playing a conflicted, vulnerable, but psychotic, I just, I don't see it. This is not that long after Will Hunting. Yeah, but I just, I just don't see him as playing Costigan. I think Leo, like, I don't know, I don't know where the Leo hate started for me, but it was obviously at a young age. Maybe it was the <laughs> Romeo and Juliet and Titanic movies or something like that, but. I've got to admit, he's a fucking amazing actor. Like, a superstar, but he's not a superstar that you look at and go, oh, that's Leonardo DiCaprio playing a role or whatever. For me, Matt Damon is Matt Damon, and I have i don't know where it comes from, but I just don't think that Matt Damon could have pulled off that same vulnerable yet self-assured. Mm. Anywho, that moves us down to the fan question. We had a few suggestions for this, but we've decided to pick from one of our favourite listeners who gets back to us quite often. Ms. Emma Pottinger. She wants to know how we could imagine a sequel working. Now, apparently, in her trivia knowledge, there's been rumours of a sequel floating for quite some time. What about you guys? What would the sequel look like? Who would be in it? Because obviously, everyone, most of the people die at the end of it. Who would they be replaced with? What would the story be? What do you guys reckon? Yeah, so I remember hearing, it is quite, it's years ago that I first heard about the fact that there was a this idea for the Departed sequel kicking around. And I was like, let's do a sequel to Hamlet. Everyone's fucking dead. <laughs> so, but put to it, my the, the idea I had, I was like, oh, okay. So I don't know uh, how many people know this, but the, the character of Frank Costello, Jack Nicholson's character, is based on a real-life Boston gangster called Whitey Bulger. So I thought, oh, well, you could just do the real-life one. And I was like, cool, answered that question. And then like 20 minutes later, was like, oh, wait. We did. We did that movie. <laughs> so Black Ma- Black Mass happened like three years ago, and Johnny Depp bobbed up for one film and reminded people he can actually act, and then went back to being Johnny Depp. So I, I guess my only idea is just this: 
you know, shattered empire thing where we see who picks up the pieces, who tries to take Costello's crown. I'd probably say that it wouldn't involve the police force then. It would just be an un- a criminal underworld film. Because, I mean, the coolest thing would be Marky Mark decides to take the crown, but yeah, it'd be, that would be The Departed 2 directed by Michael Bay, which I don't think we need. And could could oh, it cross it. over with Transformers? I like we have anything, a but Transformers yes. Departed crossover with Marky Mark as the central character. Someone <laughs> will make money out of that. I'll hit you with my answer then. So Emma, I totally respect you. However, I'm not a fan of sequels, and and exactly as Topher has said, it wouldn't be a sequel. It would be some kind of spin-off. But if we had to have a sequel, I think that we want to pull out Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum and do like a dramatic version of 21 Jump Street. And I've got Topher and Sam both covering their faces. (laughs) I hate Channing Tatum. Same. I goddamn hate him. He's, he's replaced Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon for me. He's oh. In a similar vein, I do love you, Emma, but be with me, guys, okay? I have this weird fascination with sequels, remakes, reboots of favorite properties. You know, like I loved Robocop, I watched the remake. I loved Point Break, I watched the remake. I loved The Thing, I watched the prequel, blah, 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 blah. And I hate how I do that. So for this, I want... The Departed Part 2 sequel or whatever to be starring and written by Justin Bieber. I want it to be starring Miley Cyrus, Snoop Dogg, Paulie Shaw, Mark Wahlberg from Transformers Mark Wahlberg. I want it directed by Michael Bay. (laughs) I want Uh it produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. I want to be (laughs) convinced that this movie is going to be so shit. Do not need to see it. Though, as I've played this out, I'm starting to think that this is going to be so batshit and insane. I'm going to watch it anyway. Yeah, like you're getting into room the room territory now. (laughs) Sorry, Emma. I wish we could have done a better job of that. (laughs) So, anywho, that moves us down to the end of our podcast. Now, as you guys might have heard last podcast, we have introduced a new segment where we do movie reviews in 20 seconds. Obviously, we go out and we see a lot of movies that we probably will never talk about in this podcast, and we like to flash through them in a quick segment at the end. So, Topher, have you seen any movies recently, and can you review them in 20 seconds and give them a score out of 10,000? I think the last thing I saw was Solo, which I apparently like more than most of the world. The way I liken it is that it's like an album that has a bunch of good songs on it don't come together to a particularly good... Yeah, yeah. I like all the sequences in Solo, but then by the end of the film, I'm kind of a bit, oh yeah, that was okay. Score out of 10,000? 5,985. Very close to what I think. Are you a hard marker or what? A bunch of people say that I'm a hard marker, and I'm, I i don't think that I am. I'm just like, look, if, if Lawrence of Arabia and The Godfather are a 10 out of 10, then you've got to be selective about what gets a 9, even. Yeah, mm. I, I get what you're saying. Yep. That's like a 6 out of 10 for me. I'm still saying it's a positive experience. Mm. And yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but a bunch of people do have that reaction of, oh, 6 out of 10. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Stace? Am I allowed to talk about Ocean's 8? Well, that's, I watched it last night. I was really expecting to like this much more than I actually did. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, halfway through the movie, I was kind of looking at Sam going, oh, shit, I bet you Sam's going to want to leave soon, and actually I wouldn't mind <laughs> going to. And then she noticed a vacant seat beside her and was like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> No, 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 no. In all seriousness, we stayed till the end, and it was, as you'd expect from an Ocean's movie, 
but it was just a little bit sloppier than yeah. the previous ones. Like the story, yeah. That's anyway. That's my take on it. I too saw Ocean's Eight. Uh, didn't think too much of it. It lashed the flashiness and fun of the first one, and it sort of had too many moments where I had to bash my head against the wall and be like, "That wouldn't happen. That doesn't make any sense. This plot has gone fucking bullshit." I'll give it 4,000 out of 10,000. The other film I watched was On the Waterfront. Me and Stacey do classic movie Sundays, and Stacey didn't care for this movie 20 minutes in, but I loved it. The early Marlon Banro performance from the 1950s. I love my old films, and it was really good. I'll give that 9,420 out of 10,000. It was a Marlon Brando performance. Yeah. yeah, it was before he got fat and useless. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. So anyway, that is us done with the movie reviews in 20 seconds. Now, Topher, I've got to point out, as I said with the Billy podcast, Stacey doesn't listen to movie podcasts. In fact, she can't stand them. <laughs> doesn't even listen to ours. I do. But <laughs> she loves We Watch the Thing. Yeah, I do. I love it. And actually, I must say, I've got a new favorite host as of listening to last week's episode with Beth. I know, everyone likes my sister more than <laughs> we've, we've made a grave error in finding her in. Yeah, you should have kept her well away. <laughs> a, mate of mine, a mate of mine messaged me like an hour before we started recording who he lives in New Zealand now because he's like, Australia sucks. Um, Good dude. And he was, like, I, he was like, I lost my shit on the way to work this morning <laughs> listening to Beth rag on one of Billy's suggested films. <laughs> <laughs> what I loved it is because I kind of felt like I felt a connection with her. I was like, she's just putting you guys in your place and she is really smart. She knows what she's talking about. And I'm like, thank you because I don't have to watch John Carter. So if, if Sam ever suggests it, I'm going to be like, look, Beth said, Beth said no. Yeah, Beth said no. I'm not watching it. <laughs> Coming soon, Beth watched the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you like, Mostly, we've just talked about my sister for two minutes. Mostly, the show is not about. Oh, sorry. It's one of my best friends, Billy, who is a, a visual effects artist, and myself. I'm a cameraman. We our relationship is based upon movies, essentially. And one day we were like, you know what? Being white men, our opinions matter, and people need to hear them. Damn right. <laughs> and started recording. <laughs> See, I, that's what I like about you guys is that you seem qualified to talk about movies. You know, you work in the industry. Seem. Seem is <laughs> the important word. Well, I say seem because I'm like totally unqualified. <laughs> then I'm like, hey, look, anyone, can, anyone yeah. can watch a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. What I love about your guys' show is you keep it short and to the point. It's very succinct and very awesome. I do love it how Billy is filled with level of optimism and glee and you are filled with this <laughs> realism, I guess is the best way to call it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the polite way to tame it. I do love it. I, I love how it's it's you guys both balance each other out. You both, you know, sort of bounce off each other and you guys did awesome. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> I like your show too. <laughs> I think it's right. This is good. Yeah. We've just got this mutual admiration society going. You hear that, New Zealand? This is us. <laughs> Australians and New Zealanders getting on. So it's not every Anzac Day that we pretend we're friends. You can do it during the rest of the year. It is possible. <laughs> That's right. I can admit that your national anthem is much better than ours, and I wish we could remember how to play rugby. <laughs> I'm not precious about it. Um, people are trying to get a hold of you, uh, Tova. How do they find you? Where do they find you on all their usual stories? So We Watched a Thing is on all those social media type things. You won't find me because I'm <laughs> an old cranky person, but you will find Billy on the social media yep. things. You can go to wewatchedathing.com and 
feel free to listen to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, subscribe, all that fun shit that everybody on the internet fucking begs you to do, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the stuff that I don't know about. Um, as for us, where can they find us, Dace? Um... She never knows the answer to this question, but I ask her anyway. That's the name of the game. It's... What? <laughs> exactly. What? Okay, you have to tell uh, us. You can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews and 20Qs. You can find us on Gmail at MRITQS at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews in any way. This has been great. Thanks again, Tofa. You've been an amazing guest. Uh, you- thanks for having me. This has been great. Yeah, cheers. And uh, that's thanks for me. Thanks, guys. See you later. Recruitment consultant. And this job, this God, did the same thing last fucking podcast. Is English a first language for rangers? Shut up, Sam. <laughs> it's just getting very hard for me to swallow. <laughs> Sorry. I'm <laughs> it's like, it's just hanging there. Yeah, you know, I was like, I know. It was like, it's so low hanging fruit. Don't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Don't say anything. It's like, bleh, 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 bleh.